three done. Let's go, Pats. Just get through this quickly. Start off with the Patriots. Obviously, we smoked the Jets. Wasn't close. A bunch of people were bum hurt that they covered that spread at the last minute. That's why you take the teasers, people. You tease that money line. Easy. Easy hit. We're getting through this. Antonio Brown is out of my fucking life, and I am so happy about it. I don't want to ever talk about Antonio Brown today. Very quickly, we've talked about it at complete nauseum. I'm sick of this guy. I want him out of my life. This is the last time I will ever bring him up on this podcast. Fuck you, Antonio Brown. He contacted Brittany Taylor. Moronic, idiot. I mean, you have a civil case. You have a legal proceeding going on, and you're going to go and reach out to him and bypass all the lawyers. You're just a dumbass, Antonio. He got cut. Looks like it might have been Kraft's decision. Belichick has seemed to like this guy all along. Brady's had his back all along. Um, probably Kraft, but I don't care. I, he's gone. Thank God he's gone. I don't care why he's gone. I don't care who made the decision that he was gone. All this stupid drama. I'm sure there was arguments and a little bit of divides on him between Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. I, we'll never know the real story about who wanted him on the team who knew about the allegations, who didn't know about the allegations. He's gone. I don't care how or why. He's done. Get him off the team. I love every player on this team right now. I love them all. I love rooting for them all. We're going to win a Super Bowl. We don't need Antonio Brown to win a Super Bowl. we got Tom fucking Brady to win a Super Bowl. Let's go, TB12. 2019-2020 season. No AB. Super Bowl seven. We are the greatest franchise. Let's go. Quick injury updates. Edelman got banged up, left with some rib injuries. Got x-rays, negative on the x-rays. Sometimes, the thing that scares me about that is sometimes there's like hairline fractures that aren't going to show up on the x-rays, but it's painful as shit. Edelman is a tough motherfucker. He stayed in the next play after he got hurt. Clearly just couldn't run the route or do anything, so then he came off the field. Nothing major, so it's probably going to be painful for him to play, but the doctors are going to clear him. He's going to come back. He'll be good. He'll tough through it. He's a fucking champ. Goskowski blowing Cox once again. I mean, I'm not even going to get upset about it because we just know he's a bum at this point. The story, every He's going to miss field goals every week, and people are just going to keep asking, when are we going to bring in a new kicker? When are we going to bring in a new kicker? At this point, I don't know. Can you bring a kicker in like week eight if this guy's just a complete trash can? Can't hit a fucking kick? Belichick's stuck by him. This isn't the only time in his career that he's missed field goals. Belichick has always stuck by Guskowski, and that's kind of the thing with kickers. As soon as you show a glimpse that you might be looking for other options, you might as well cut the guy and go with the other options because that is going to get in their head. These kickers are so fragile now. They're so mentally insecure about their kicking game. If they think someone else is coming up after their job, they're going to be a head case. So you might, you can't have competition between kickers. You just have to go with one and hope that he works out, which is I don't understand it. It's just weak. Every other position in the NFL, people are constantly competing for it, and somehow the kickers are too fragile and you can't have them compete. That Eddie Pinheiro out in Chicago, I mean, it was a whole thing all preseason. I love that. They had, I don't know, they had 20 kickers going in preseason. They gave it all this pressure. They were putting all these games, and they're having the crowds watch all training camp. It was a whole spectacle. I love that. The guy's practicing pressure kicks in the off season. Cream rises to the top, and now the Bears have a fucking kicker. Trouble is, if you're the Patriots, you can't really do that midseason. I guess you can. It'd be weird. It'd be different. I don't know how I feel, but I don't like Goskowski, but 
but I don't really like the idea of trying to find a new kicker halfway through the season, being that they're so fickle. And My guess is Belichick's just going to rock with Goskowski. So let's hope Tom Brady scores touchdowns, and we might just start going for two because Goskowski is crazy off right now. It is brutal to watch. James Devlin. I don't know how much this impacts the team or not. I'm nervous about it. He's on the IR. We got this guy, Jacob Johnson, from Tennessee. He was a linebacker at Tennessee. Now he's a fullback in the NFL. I mean, running backs and linebackers are kind of interchangeable. On the field production, I don't know. As far as blocking goes, I'm sure this guy's great. He'll be able to fill James Devlin's role at blocking pretty well. But James Devlin knew the passing offense. He knows this Patriot offense inside and out, which is famously difficult to pick up. We have all these wide receivers everyone likes to talk about coming in, not being able to pick up the offense, and then they leave, Reggie Wayne, Chad Ochocinco. James Devlin was a fullback, and we were splitting him out at wide receiver. I mean, you're not doing that with every fullback you just pick up off the street, especially this Jacob Johnson guy. I think he was on the practice squad. I don't even know. So... He's, that's a big loss because they really – that was one of the keys. They broke it down on the Patriot porn, do your job three or whatever, how they were able to take James Devlin and they were running power personnel with tight ends and a fullback, and then they're coming out in a wide receiver set. That's because James Devlin knows the Patriot offensive playbook so well. He's able to go out there, run wide receiver routes. Very difficult. I'm highly doubtful that this Jacob Johnson is going to be able to do that. So that could be a big loss. That could really hurt the Patriots' flexibility in being able to keep the same package while being able to run power plays, being able to run pass pass formations, power formations. It's kind of the key. That's how the Patriots morph. That's how they get matchups that they want on defense. So that could be a big loss. Also, locker room, who the hell knows, but I think Devlin's one of those blue guys in the locker room. I mean, fullbacks kind of tend to be humble, hardworking, power dudes and just guys guys and he's been there for a pretty long time now so i'm guessing he's got a lot of friends and i think people in that locker room love him and he's a hard-working gritty son of a bitch jacob johnson could be great but he's probably not gonna be a leader i think devlin's a pretty good leader in that locker room so hopefully he comes back later in the season uh, i think there's a chance that he will but that could be a loss for now. Luckily, we still have this really easy schedule. Coming up, though, we have five games. Everyone's talking about how easy our schedule is. we got five games in a row that are going to be tough. we got Baltimore, KC, Philly. Uh, I think it's Dallas. And there's one more team in there. I don't remember. But we got five games that are going to be a little tricky for us. All right in a row. And then after that, weeks 15, 16, 17 are all back to the division cupcakes. Finish the season strong. Cody Kessler, quarterback signed by the New England Patriots. Did I tell you Stidham sucked? I told you Stidham sucked. Stidham fucking sucks this year, to be clear. He sucks this year. His issue is he can't read. He can't. He gets frazzled. He holds on to the ball. I mean, that interception, that pick six he had, that wasn't a misread. He was trying to check it down. He knew he was checking it down. He got nervous. He got frazzled. He overthrew the ball. Pick six. This guy, two, three years down the road, I think he could be good. If he develops, you just don't know if he's going to develop or not. Clearly right now, the moment is way too big for him. He's not comfortable. He looks very much like a, he looks like a red shirt rookie. It's absolute trash. Not worth a backup spot this year. I still don't understand why we got rid of Hoyer. I guess they believe in this guy for the future and they're just banking on Brady not getting injured. I don't know. Seems like they really liked him. 
and now they're going out and getting Cody Kessler. So I, I don't know what changed. I mean, that Stidham I saw with the pick six is the Stidham that's been there all preseason. So I don't know why now all of a sudden you're scrambling and going out and getting Cody Kessler when this is the Stidham that's been there all along. It's uh, ridiculous. Whatever. At least we have Cody Kessler's a bum too. So if Brady's hurt, Super Bowl's out the window. Either way. Marcus Cannon supposedly coming back this week. Great sign. He is healthy. I think Marshall Newhouse is going to still start at left tackle while Isaiah Wynn is out. Hightower got banged up. That is not great. Again, with this easy schedule, it didn't seem to any – it wasn't season-ending. didn't seem like, but they didn't give any specifics about what the injury was. So, if he's injured, I'm sure he'll get rest over the next couple of weeks. We'll be all right. We got Jamie Collins can slide back from outside linebacker to middle uh, linebacker. We got Winovich. We got Simon to step in. We've got plenty of depth at the linebacker position. That's not a short-term issue. If Hightower gets hurt in the playoffs, though, he's had injuries in the past. We lose him for the playoffs. That's a huge loss. He is the play caller on defense. He's the brains. He's what sets everybody up. We have a very we have a good veteran group that's been there for years. So it's not as difficult when you leave, when you lose that play caller and everyone that sets the defense. But it's still gonna hurt you. Definitely not good. On to the bets. Teaser fucking hit. Let's go. Plus five units on the season. What did I tell you? That was great. That was great. Except for the Washington game. That was, holy fuck, was that stressful. That Washington game was horrible to watch. I lost five years off my life. That was absolutely brutal. We started off on Thursday night, though. The Mississippi mustache. What did I fucking tell you? Mississippi mustache showed up. Mariota, absolute bum. Get him off the field. He stinks. Minshew showed up. Jax took that easy. Under hit easily. Bills with a little bit of a sweat on Sunday, but plus seven. They ended up winning outright. wasn't really too bad. Ravens covered easily. Rams, I was also a little nervous about that under. I was so right about that under. I'm taking the Rams under this week again. Hit the Rams under. Everyone loves Jared Goff coming off the Super Bowl. They got those three stud wide receivers everyone's talking about. They have an amazing defense, and Jared Goff is amazingly average. Take the Rams under week after week. It's at 50 again. The Rams should not have an over-under of 50. Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. Playing Tampa Bay. You think Jameis Winston's going to put up points going east to west against that defense? You're out of your fucking mind. Take the Los Angeles Rams under. Stay on that. That Washington game. Holy hell. This is why, I, I mean, I hated that game. It was so goddamn stressful the whole time. It was absolute worst scenario. We got Washington plus 17, plus the under, and then the Bears take off to a huge lead. Was it 28 to 3 or something at some point at halftime? Oh, God. Then you need Washington to score points, but you pretty much couldn't have the Bears score any points in the second half. Thank God they only got one field goal, ended up at 31. Case Keenum finally put some drives together, though he's, oh, he looked bad. He looked real bad. I have a lot more faith in Case Keenum than when he showed up. Bears have one of the best defenses in the NFL, but I thought Case was better than that. He was he just looked flustered, he looked slow. That was a real bad game for Case Keenum. I think they said before the game there was rumors that the coaching staff starting to feel uneasy, like they're all gonna get fired. That Washington Redskins are a dumpster fire. They are on the do not bet list. We'll get to that in a second. 
Washington's dumpster fire. That was an incredibly stressful game. Somehow pulled that out, and we took it. Plus five units, if you've been following my teasers. We put one unit down week one, two week two, three units last week. We finally hit it. We are up five units on the season. I love every game this week, so I absolutely hate this week. Do not bet heavy this week. Week three, week four, classic weeks where underdogs just go off for absolutely no reason. Teams are selling out. They're 0-3. They're 1-2. They're on the cusp. They still can muster up a little bit of belief. Every team still thinks they have a chance, probably except the Dolphins and the Redskins. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on those teams. But pretty much everyone has a chance. I love every favorite this week, which absolutely terrifies me. I'm not betting a lot this week. Go easy. Be careful. There are going to be landmines left and right. After this week, next week's podcast, look out. We're going to be doing grades. We're going to break down every team, kind of give an update. We'll do injury updates. We'll see how the passing offenses, offense, passing offense, running offenses are. Then we'll look at the passing defenses, running defenses of all the teams, see how they match up, see who's looking good, see who's underrated, a little overrated. That'll be next week. I'd like to do that at the quarter mark of the season. Probably do that halfway through, three quarters, and then looking into the playoffs. So, week four, the timid teaser this week. Timid teaser, one unit, a little scared of this game. We're going to start off, we're going to take the Cleveland-Baltimore under 59. The only part that scares me about this is that Baltimore's secondary is a little banged up. Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, I think Jimmy Smith's definitely out. Marlon Humphrey is questionable, might play, might not play. Scares me a little bit, but this Cleveland offensive line is just so much trash that I think Baltimore's front seven tears them up. I think they have a day at home. Under 59.5, Baltimore's going to run it. They're going to control the ball. They're going to tear Cleveland up. Love it. Under 59. Next game, Kansas City tees that up to plus six. They're going to Detroit. I'm just not impressed by Detroit. I think Philly's – this is where – yeah, this is where it gets confusing week three. I don't – I love this favorite, but I don't love this favorite. Rooting for Patrick Mahomes on offense, boatload of fun. Detroit's got a pretty good defense, but Matt Patricia's an idiot. He's going to blow this game. There's no way Andy Reid is going to lose to Matt Patricia. So it's a nice little chubby coach matchup we got going on. It'll be great to see those two on the sideline. There's just no. Andy Reid's going to beat Matt Patricia. They're on the turf. Mahomes is going to put up points. Kansas City, we know, has kind of a weak defense. Matthew Stafford's no slouch. Carrying on Johnson. They've been riding C.J. Anderson. Detroit's going to put up a little bit of a fight. This might be scary for a second. Cleveland, or sorry, excuse me, Kansas City has been giving up early leads to opponents, but they've been coming back with a fury in every single game. I like them plus six. I think this is like the Buffalo one. It's terrifying. I hate taking a road favorite, a road touchdown favorite. I mean, that's pretty insulting, but this Lions team is way overhyped. Their record is not who they think they are. The Lions are a trash team. They should be. They should have a losing record. They don't have a loss yet. That loss is coming this week. Next game, Los Angeles Chargers minus 3.5 in Miami. This game also terrifies me. The Chargers, classic up-and-down team. With a team like that, I think the veteran quarterback, they got the weapons outside. They do enough in their scheming that they make Austin Eckler look pretty good out of the backfield. They got those pass rushers, Ingram and Bosa, on defense. They got a pretty good secondary. I think they smash a shitty team like Miami. 
it's I don't know. West Coast going east. It's a one o'clock game. It's an early game. Chargers could be a little sleepy. It's going to be tougher. That is a big upset spot. But this Miami team, I don't. I how can they have? How can they want to go to work every day? They must dread going to work every day. Miami cannot enjoy. Miami players cannot be enjoying their jobs right now. I'm afraid at some point in the season. Miami is going to cut enough of the talented veteran players that it's just going to be a bunch of young guys that shouldn't be starting, but they're starting. And because they know this is their one chance to shine, one chance to start on a team, they're just going to go balls out, and they're not going to give a shit that they're on a bad team. They're going to be playing for their lives, playing for their careers. They're probably never going to start again. They're just going to be going insane. That scares me about Miami. I still like Brian Flores. As bad as this year is going to go, I'm sticking with Brian Flores. I think he's a good coach. So this terrifies me, but I think you just have to tease Miami every week. How can you not tease Miami every week? I'm probably just going to tease them every week, and then eventually I'm going to lose. But that's why I'm only putting one unit on this, because I'm going to hate all these picks. Next pick I do not hate, New England on the road is a favorite, plus 5.5. Separate from the teaser, two units on Pats minus 7.5. Pats are going to smear the Buffalo Bills onto that field. They're going to level them. They're going to steamroll them. The... Buffalo Bills, I just watched last Sunday. They struggled in their home opener to the Bengals, to the Red Rifle, Red Rocket. Fucking Andy Dalton, get out of here. No, no, sir. The New England Patriots will beat the Buffalo Bills. We will smash the Buffalo Bills. There is something to New England coming up here. The Bills have been 3-0 and first time in forever. This is going to be a huge game. That place is going to be going insane. It'll be electric. Love the people of Buffalo. But it's just, it's the Buffalo Bills versus the Patriots. Patriots plus five and a half. Take that. Also, we're going to take the under from that game. Tease it up to under 55. Patriots are going to control the ball. People are afraid they're going to struggle against this defense. It's a good defense. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's going to be okay. All right. Tom Brady's going to figure this out. He's going to put up some points on the board. And they're going to control the ball. Josh Allen's going to run around. Frank Gore is going to get a couple. But Patriots aren't going to give up big plays. There's a classic bend-don't-break offense. Take the under in this one. Next game, Atlanta at home, plus nine. They're a minus four. Tees it up to plus nine. This might be my lock of the week. I love Atlanta at home. They are going to absolutely smash. I completely forgot who they're playing. They play in the 49ers? Fuck me. All right, I'm going to look this up real quick. I love Atlanta at home. They're playing a bad team, whoever they're fucking playing. And I like I like Atlanta's offense. I like they have a they play they have a good defense. They play the cover one. It's how the Patriots came back in the Super Bowl. It's a really good defense. The only weakness of the cover one defense is it's a ton of man. So by the time they get to the end of the game, if you're playing a pass heavy offense, doing no huddle, running up and down the fields, then they can get tired. They can give us some plays. That can get a little hairy. Not going to happen this game. They're playing the Tennessee Titans. How could I forget? Marcus Mariota. I, just, I mean, you watched him. The Mississippi mustache put it on Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is not going to take it to Atlanta. Classic. Tennessee's got a good defense. We all know they have a good defense. They're like Buffalo. Good defenses. Except Buffalo has like a semi-good offense. Titans offense sucks. Derrick Henry is their only talented player. 
Taji Sharp's all right. Shout out UMass. But, like, come on, let's be real. Tennessee's not doing shit. Atlanta's got a pretty good defense. They're at home. Love Atlanta. Love Atlanta in this game. I also like the under in this game. Atlanta has a surprising amount of slow starts at home. I don't know what it is, but I feel like every time I turn on the Atlanta Falcons at home, the first half's like 7-3. to three. It's weird. I think it's because of that cover one defense. They're, they're geared up. They have all their energy in the first half, so they just kind of suffocate people. And then the second half, start letting up points. They're not going to let up points to Marcus Mariota. He's not leading the comeback. Take the Atlanta Falcons plus nine and the under 58 at home. Next game, already told you, Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams. Tease it up to under 63. One more, Tampa Bay had a horrible defense last year. They're not that bad this year. Don't believe that hype. Tampa Bay has a halfway decent defense this year. Jared Goff's, I mean, he's not going to struggle, struggle. They'll put up points. They're going to win the game, I would assume. But he's not going to put up 50 against this defense. Jameis Winston against Aaron Donald. Please, enough said there. Take the under 63 and a half. Next game, Jacksonville Jets. All right, these next two picks, I'm taking two unders. They're the most obvious unders of the week, which makes me hate them. I like unders that people don't really see coming, like the Rams. These unders, these are Joe Public unders. I'm not going to deny it, but that's why you throw 13 points onto it. Because even when the public's wrong, you have 13 points, you're right. Jacksonville at Denver. Mile high, Jacksonville great defense, Denver great defense, Mississippi mustache not so bad, Joe Flacco, garbage, under 52.5. Next one, Minnesota, Chicago, under 51.5. Both these teams love to run. Both these teams love to play defense. Neither of these teams have a quarterback or a passing game. So Chicago's either going to take the lead or Minnesota's going to take the lead, and then they're going to run, 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 run. And because the leading team is running, 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 the team who's falling behind isn't going to feel the need to pass, and they're going to run, run, run. So that one, feeling good. Those are two Joe Public picks, not going to lie, but those are my 10. Week four, timid teaser. I kind of hate all these picks, but it was a struggle getting to 10 this week. This is a very weird week. Quick recap, Cleveland, Baltimore, under 59. Kansas City, plus six on the road. Los Angeles Chargers, minus three and a half on the road. New England Patriots, plus five and a half on the road. New England Buffalo, under 55. Atlanta, plus nine. Tennessee Atlanta, under 58. Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams, under 63. Jacksonville Denver, under 52. Minnesota Chicago, under 51. That is your week four timid teaser. One unit. Let's not get carried away. We just won last week. Gonna ease our way back into the pool. Don't get overexcited. Don't double up. We are intelligent gamblers intelligence carefulness we're going to see how it goes this week we're going to count our cash we're going to evaluate all the teams we're going to start fresh in the second quarter of the season next week biggest game pats minus seven and a half take that pats minus seven and a half jump all over that pats minus seven and a half i kind of i was a little scared i jumped all over it bet it didn't think about it then i got a little worried Nobody's betting on it. The line has stayed at 7.5, which makes me love it even more. Love it, love it, love it. If that line started blowing out Patriots, you might think, oh, that's good. That means Patriots are favored. That was a bad start line. No, 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 no. Everyone starts betting the Patriots. Nobody's giving Buffalo a chance. That's bad news. That's when the Patriots don't cover. But when the Patriots have a 7.5, it's a t- two scores. 
who scores that. All you need is two scores or a two-point conversion, obviously. That's not going to be necessary. Two scores. Patriots are going to go up to Buffalo. People are actually believing in Buffalo. This is the perfect setup. People believe in Buffalo. They're like, hey, 3 no, no, no. Josh Allen, pretty good defense. They got a running game. Who knows? We know. Patriots fans know. We've been watching this team year in, year out. We got six rings. We have two hands worth of Super Bowl rings. We're not going up to Buffalo when everyone else is buying the hype. Everyone else is going, ooh, it's a little sleepy, little sneaky underdog here. I like the Buffalo. Everyone's getting cute with the Buffalo Bills. I love that the line has stayed at seven and a half. Pound it, pound it, pound it. I might pour, but I might put more money on it. Love the Patriots this week. There you go. See you next week. Mm-hmm.